Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactating doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. You can get a sample, you can order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you want to help a deer herd, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big board for a while, like to load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler, take it to a field, across the creek, up a big old Wise Eye Technologies, Hornady Ammunition, and Eagle Seed present American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm Redbone Mike Grace. Alex joins us through the telephone and Wayne Lockett with me in the studio. Good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon. Good evening. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Yeah, whatever the case may be. I'm sitting in my truck at a pinch point where I can watch an Eagle Seed food plot. I've been here for about five minutes. I haven't seen a deer yet, but I must tell everybody that this rain that we got the last week has helped bring these food plots back to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helped with the lawns a little yeah. bit, too. I know my, my lawn has greened up quite a bit. Unfortunately, that means I'm well, going to have deer. to cook grass. <laughs> yeah. Well, deer, deer are coming back to the food plots. I've been seeing them come to the food plots in the, in the evenings, especially. So... Food plots are, are working now, so uh, don't count these food plots out, even though there's acres on the ground, because they like to change their diet up, everybody, and pre-rut is here. Uh, checking and chasing is going on. Uh, last Friday, I saw my first deer pushing, two bucks pushing a doe, so it's happening. I think these deer are ahead, Wayne. You know, I was going to agree 100% with you on that a week ago. But then all of a sudden, my cameras yeah. just shut everything down. I got does walking out in the field. As a matter of fact, I just had two pop up on the way here, and uh, nothing behind them. They're just out there mean, meandering around in the field, just eating away at the uh, the smorgasbord and that that we planted. And, uh, man, there's just nothing behind them right now. Now, a week ago, we had some small ones pushing them around, but it's like it all stopped, I want to say, Friday. Of course, right before youth season, but yeah. it seemed like it all stopped Friday. You know, uh, I'm still seeing chasing. I said every morning, every evening for about two to three hours every every day. And I'm watching uh, a big area I can see, pinch points, food plots, acorn trees. And I'm still seeing chasing going on right now and checking. It's still going on. I think uh, what's probably happening on your farm, those does are probably not popping yet. They're not coming into estrus. That's probably why you're not seeing any activity. But I think... The deer are really ahead. We had the youth hunt here in Missouri this past weekend. I had Thomas Moore and his son Lawson here. And I must tell you, uh, it's pretty neat how we come about doing this hunt. Thomas said he would come over and wire Mallory's little house. 
and trade out a deer hunt with me and some hunting stuff, and he'd bring his son Lawson with him. Well, he's got seven boys, and I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a hunt, but you draw all the boys, pick straws or draw numbers, and Lawson, the guy that, young boy that helped him wire Mallory's house, drew the right straw. So here he is. He came and hunted with us. We're going to talk about that and the techniques and strategies that we used uh, to hunt this weekend. We saw 10 bucks. We passed up 10 bucks, and he passed up a pretty nice bucket. Most kids would probably shoot. But uh, we're going to share information with everybody and hunting techniques, how to hunt with a child with Thomas Moore, and we're going to recap our hunt when he comes and joins us the second segment of the show. All right, so Alex, you know, and I was going to just kind of pipe in here for just a moment. I've got the Missouri UCs and numbers we can look at here in a moment. Uh, but out my way, you know, I travel seven miles on Highway 142 east of Thayer every day. And this time last season, I was seeing seven, eight, nine, ten deer every morning on my way to work between 4 and 4.30. And I have not yeah. seen a deer now probably in two weeks. It is. It's, it's kind of, yeah, acorns. Well, I chalked it up to acorns for a while, and I thought, well, you know, last year at the same time we had acorns, but I was still seeing some deer running across the roads every once in a while, and I'm just not seeing any. So uh, you're probably right. Probably the deer just staying in the woods with the acorns, but and I hope that's the case because if not, might be might be tough hunting out east of Thayer this year. All right, so let's take a look at these Missouri youth hunt numbers this year. Missouri youth uh, bagged. 13,759 deer. That's a lot of deer in two days. But it was about 2,000 short of last year. Wow. And they're blaming the rain. Yeah, they're blaming the rain. You know, we had the rain on Saturday and Saturday evening and then Sunday morning rain and blustery and the wind blowing every which way. So, uh, you know, they're kind of blaming the wind uh, and the rain mostly for the number being down. Um, You know, look at some of the counties around their listing area. Carter County. Uh, the uh, young hunters killed 120 deer. Shannon County was at 156. Oregon County, 192. Howell County was at 261. Texas County, 240. 137 in Ozark. 204 in Douglas County. 198 in Ripley. Dent County, 154. Taney County, 134. Uh, Webster County, big number, 220 in Webster County. And then to the uh, east of us, Butler County, 108, Cape Girardeau County, 87, uh, back over the other direction, Christian County, 136, Iron County, 74, Reynolds, 153, St. Genevieve County, 109, and Stoddard with 128. So that's just some of the numbers from the youth hunt. And again, the number down by about 2,000 from last year. But the good news is, over the Thanksgiving holiday, the Missouri youngsters get a second part of their youth hunt, and then I'm sure they'll, they'll kind of catch that number up a little bit. And, of course, the Arkansas season for the youngsters is this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the kids do in Arkansas. That's some great numbers. We're going to go do a break. When we come back, we're going to have Thomas Moore joining us. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Wishing on some luck. I've been on a big board for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. 
Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Buckritz presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Luck. I got Mike Crace in the studio. Alex is on the phone, and we are joined by our special guest and ARO's own Thomas Moore. Thomas, welcome. What's up, guys? Oh, just sitting here doing a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovering from drywall work all day for myself. <laughs> and getting ready for I'm, football. Well, I've been running errands all day and been on the phone talking booster club stuff and sponsor stuff. Uh, busy day for me. But anyway, I done some bush hogging again today to clear up some stuff here and, and put out some uh, some minerals out on the ground and some of my spots, freshened them up. Uh, Thomas, you are quite the extraordinaire outdoorsman. You have seven boys. Seven boys. You've been a guest on our show many times, man, and every time you're on a show, you always share great information, great content. Uh, to all of our listeners all over the world, all over the country, uh, what does it mean to you to have seven boys <laughs> serious to be able to share the outdoors with? Well, when I was a kid, hunting and fishing was all about me, and I'm not going to then I, when I was young, I was pretty selfish. But when these guys started coming into the, my life and my world, and things totally changed. I'm not even worried about me anymore. It's all about teaching them and showing them right from wrong and how to go about things so they can teach it to their kids. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so tell us, uh, name each boy or name each age their ages. Okay, Avin is 15. He's the oldest. And then you got Lawson, he's 13. And then Jared, who just turned 13. And then you've got uh, Jacob, who is 11. Hudson just turned 11 uh, on the first. And then uh, how many have I got down so far? (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got uh, Lincoln. Lincoln uh, just turned five on the 20th of October, and then there's Creed. His birthday is May the 20th, and he's three. So I think that's all. Now, now Syphod is Lincoln, right? That's Lincoln, yeah. Now, Lincoln, now listen to this, everybody. How old is Lincoln? He just turned five last week. Okay. You, you, you've got a video, Hunt, Wayne, Redbone, wait till you see it. He, he's hunting out of one of his makeshift homemade shooting blinds, mobile shooting blinds. We're going to talk about that, how to make your own mobile shooting blinds later on the show. But he's in a shooting house, mobile blind with Siphon. I call him Siphon. <laughs> and how far did he shoot his buck? It's all well, video. He, on the 
Well, see, on Saturday, I don't have a video of that because I wanted to make sure that it happened for him. He killed a doe on Saturday at 130 yeah. yards. I mean, he hit yeah. her just perfect in the heart. But the one Five that I got years him, old. Five years old. Well, he was four at the time. He hadn't had a birthday yeah. yet. But he still counted yeah. as four. And <laughs> But Sunday when he killed his buck, I had that on film, and that deer wasn't but about 85 or 90 yards. But he... He put it right where he was supposed to on both of them. He, I mean, he, when I field dressed him, the heart was gone. He just as pretty as you please. Red bone? Yeah, I'm going to say, and so when, when you take someone that young, five years old, uh, I mean, do you do you have something there for him to use uh, as a rest? I mean, are you using a tripod or anything, or is he shooting offhand? I do not. I know a lot of people do, and I don't have a problem with that. That's, that's your business. That's your kids. But I want to teach my kids not to be dependent on things like that because you don't always have those luxuries. I mean, sometimes you miss an opportunity if you're not prepared. So what I did with Lincoln the Friday before the youth season, he said, I want to kill a deer this weekend, Dad, because the bigger boys were going to go hunting. And I said, I got an 8-inch steel target at 100 yards. I said, when you can hit that target consistently 8 out of 10 times, I'll take you to kill a deer. It took him 20 minutes to shoot the first shot because he wanted me to help him settle in and find the target in the scope. I said, that's what you need to learn. Mm-hmm. I gave him some shooting bags, and I put them there with him, and I said, you've got to learn before I ever loaded the gun. I said, you've got to learn to find the target in that scope and how to adjust those bags to, to find the target in the scope. And when he said, okay, I've got it, then I put one in there. And then I explained to him, you don't touch the trigger until you're settled in and you're ready to shoot. And it took him 20 minutes to fire the first shot. But when he fired the first shot, he made contact with that 8-inch steel target at 100 yards. Hmm. He shot 40 shots that afternoon and missed two times. Oh, wow. So nice. you, you shoot Hornady, of course. I shoot Hornady, yep. He was shooting a 300 blackout with Hornady Black with 110-grain Z-Max bullets in them. And that's a wicked little round, especially for a young hunter like him. There's no recoil. It's 30 caliber, so it's got plenty of oomph at close range. You don't want to shoot much past, you know, 150 in a well-placed shot, maybe 200 with a 300 blackout. But you don't you don't want to carry it out too far. But within range, it's plenty deadly enough to take down a white-tailed deer. Wayne? Well, I just, I'm still getting a kick out of how he said, on the second deer, it was it was only eighty yards. <laughs> I'm thinking for a five year old, it's like only eighty yards. That's how many five year olds lined up laying down. You know, well, he was four or four. So now, right. He was four, four before he. Four. That's right. Before his birthday when this happened, <laughs> but uh, he he shot the first ten shots and he hit the eight inch steel target. Well, I've got my gongs, steel gongs are set up biggest and the smallest is on top, and my my smallest is two inches. And after he shot that 8-inch a few times and was putting them all in the same spot, he said, I'm going to hit that little one on top. I said, do you think you can hit that little one on top? And he looked at me and smiled. He said, he's a mess. He said, I can hit it every time. I said, well, we'll see. Well, he ended up missing. That's the two shots he missed was trying to shoot that 2-inch one. But he shot that 2-inch target 30 more times or 28 more times. Wow. Well, I, think, I, think, I think, gentlemen, what we've got to give credit where credits do with Thomas is how he's teaching his kids mm-hmm. to learn to how to be independent, how to figure out things, even though he's coaching them how to figure it out. Once they figure it out, they're not going to forget it. That's kind of how my dad taught me, Wayne Redbone. Yeah, and I think that's important. And, and you know, it's that way in, I think, uh, in, in sports. And I always relate everything to sports. 
But, uh, you know, the good coaches are the ones that put you on the field in a position to win, and then you have to figure out how to get it done. Because if, if they walk you out there by the arm and they point and say, okay, when they snap the ball, you're going to go there, you're going to go, you know, because it never worked out. you got to tell that kid how to get there. And they got to figure out on their own then from that instruction how to get there. And they got to make it happen themselves. So I, I think that's exactly right. I think people listening right now need to take a lesson. You know, uh, yeah, help them out what you can. But when it comes down to the to the brass tacks, the kids got to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, once they, my wife, yeah, say once they uh, ask about something on my cell phone, and she'll take it away from me, and she'll say, "Well, here," and she'll do it, and she'll hand it back to me, and I'm like, "Well, I didn't learn a thing from that. I don't know how to do that. Stand over my shoulder and walk me through it." Mm -hmm. I mean, some things you just need to learn yourself, so you'll grasp it. Somebody does it for you; it doesn't mean the same, in, in my opinion. Exactly. All right, we need to take a break here, guys. We're talking with Thomas Moore from American Roots Outdoors, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Up a big old hill, year after year, got my Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. And my old pair of hunting boots passed on down. You know, Alex, there is a, a company in the outdoors that wants to provide quality hunting gear at affordable prices for the everyday hunter. Yes, there is, Redbone, and it's Tide We. These guys are a blue-collar company. They make excellent products that's very affordable for everybody. And these guys want to help every outdoorsman live out their passions in the outdoors. And to find out more about this company, just go to www.tidewe.com. That's T-I-D-E-W-E.com. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry. What the wind? Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of our show. And again, our special guest is Thomas Moore, ARO Team Kentucky. Thomas has been with us ever since we started American Roots, uh, going on four years ago. Uh, Thomas is. Uh, if you're just joining us, Thomas is a. I'm telling you, a excellent mentor. He has seven boys, and he takes every one of them turkey hunting and deer hunting every year. And uh, what I want to do, Thomas, is, is talk about uh, the tactics that you use with your kids when you're hunting with them. Now, we hunted this past weekend here in southern Missouri with me, and let's talk about that hunt. Give everybody a quick rundown of what we did in our strategy. We hunted out of a tide we blind, and uh, talk about that. All right. Well, you've been sending me pictures of some deer on the wise eyes only two weeks before we got little Lawson was, say he's little, he's not little anymore, was chomping at the bits. He was losing sleep. And, of course, we get there, and just like hunting goes, the activity was not what we expected it to be. I think you said it pretty well slowed down on Friday. You know, we got there Friday night, and uh, we was in a good spot. We seen 
uh, what was it, five or six smaller bucks and had an opportunity at probably right at 100 and I'd say he was in the high 120s, right at 130. They're right at dark on Saturday afternoon, but it just wasn't wasn't the caliber of deer that, that Lawson was looking for. He's killed one last year that was a little over 130, so he was looking to up the ante a little bit this year. And and so uh, so we hunted pretty much all day long Saturday. I think we took an hour and a half break Saturday and an hour and a half break on, on Sunday. But Sunday was extremely slow for us. We uh, we seen what we didn't see a buck at all first thing that morning. We seen that run five, the, that evening. Yeah, yeah. We seen five doe that morning and no activity after seven twenty. And I think we stuck it out till about twelve o'clock and went home, grabbed a bite to eat, and was back in there by about one thirty or quarter till two. And then, then we seen them four or five bucks that we saw right right at last shooting light. Yeah, yeah. Well, well strategy, everybody. Uh, if you're hunting with a child and uh, I suggest hunting out of ground blinds of some sort, and uh, Todd we is our partners, and uh, we had the the opportunity to hunt out of the new 270 degree see through blind uh, this past weekend. And I must tell you, uh, I've hunted with the other blind that you can see through uh, a major name brand company, and the blinds probably two hundred dollars more than the Todd we blind. And I must say, there's probably more room. Appears to be more room in the Tide Wee blind than the other leading name brand. I don't know what it was about the Tide Wee, and I, honestly, I feel like I mean they're the same size as what it says on the box. I didn't get out my tape measure and check everything, but they felt like we had way more room in that Tide Wee. Get around in there, and there's three of us in there, and I'm filming these guys. But we strategically place these blinds on scrape lines. Uh, at pinch points where we could watch pinch points from one block of timber to another because deer are spending most of their time in the timber eating acorns. So what our objective was was catch a cruising buck or a buck pushing a doe to come within rifle distance. And we had several within rifle distance, but as Thomas said, we, we just, he decided he didn't want to shoot them. So we passed those bucks up, and there's nothing wrong with passing up bucks, and there's nothing wrong with shooting a small buck. So uh, our strategy, again, was successful. Even though we didn't kill a deer, we was very successful. We got excellent footage, and we've got great encounters. And Thomas and Lawson is going to come back and hunt with me again later on in the year. But uh, what would you say to our listeners, uh, Thomas, about hunting out of ground blinds and your thoughts on ground blinds. And I know you make a portable movable ground blind. We're going to talk about that on the bonus segment. But what's your thoughts on hunting with the tide we blind? I enjoyed every minute of it. I was I was rather impressed with them. And, and the good thing about a pop-up blind is you can see a spot that needs to be addressed, and you can slip in there real quick, pop it up, not make any noise hardly at all, and get it set up in just 30, 45 seconds. And tuck it up in a nook somewhere, and there's you a hide for tomorrow or for this afternoon or whatever, you know. It, it, and it was it, raining, and it kept us dry. It kept us dry. All day. It rained all day long on Sunday. Yeah, it was. It'll keep you dry. It'll keep you hid. It's quick and it's quiet. Yeah, my- you can buy the Tide Wee Blind, Wayne, if I'm correct, for $159. Yeah, that sounds about right. They got a, uh, excuse me, they got a, if you go to their website and their Facebook page, there's a code you can put in uh, to get a discount on them too. 
Yeah. You know, my question would be, did you feel like you were sitting out in the open? I mean, uh, I mean, you know, you've hunted in, in blinds and, and shooting houses and, and you're enclosed and looking out the little window. But, I mean, a see-through blind, it's got to be like you're just sitting right out in the middle of the woods. Well, that's what I was thinking, that that's why they felt it was roomier than an, an average blind is because they felt like they probably could stretch their legs couldn't out. See the, couldn't <laughs> right. see the wall. Right. And so, is, I mean, is it hard to get used to? Thomas? Well, I, I mean, I liked it. No, I I didn't say it was hard to get used to at all. I, it was easy to get used to because it, it, I felt a lot more comfortable sitting in that see-through than I had some of the other brands I've sat in. And, it, I mean, it's neat because in some of those other brands that are not see-through, you'll hear a small racket behind you, and in your mind, it's the biggest buck yeah. in the world. Oh, my goodness, here he comes. And you turn around and look, and when you finally get through breaking your neck and peeking through cracks and opening up blinds, it's a squirrel. You know, well, in the see-through, all you got to do is cut your head, and I mean, you can see the squirrel playing right beside you, and he has no idea you're around. You know? So it's they're comfortable. I enjoy them. I will have a couple of them for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, I tell you what it made me feel a little awkward. I was afraid to move sometimes because I was thinking, man, they can see me, but they cannot. Everybody, that's the neat thing about it. I think you touched on a valid point there, Thomas. You know, if you hear things behind you, you can move and see through that blind if there's not a window in that particular spot or whatever. So that's really neat. And I tell you what, you can order the Tidewee blinds by going to www.tidewee.com. They have all kinds of neat stuff, don't they, Wayne, Redbone? Yeah, they sure do. The heated vest is one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think about how blinds... is what I'm looking into. That'd be pretty neat. You can dress a lot lighter... And then when you're putting out decoys and doing whatever, you won't get as hot. You won't get wet and cold and sweaty. Right. And then when you start cooling off from not having on as many clothes, you just kick that bad boy on and warm yourself up. So I'm definitely going to look into those. Yeah, I would think that uh, waterfowl hunters would just absolutely love those things. I would need to go to bed. They also have heated gloves. Uh, yeah, they got heated everything. Uh, we need to go to break. We'll be back. More American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Redbone, Wayne, have you heard about the 12-volt power packs? I've heard a little bit. Tell me more. Yeah, what it is, it's, it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras, uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative, man. Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six-year-old helping me set them up in the woods on my wise eyes. If you want to improve your battery life and your cell cameras, check out the 12-volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's jkroutdoors.com. Tide Wee and JKR Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke, Mike Crayson Studio. Thomas and Alex are on the phone. And uh, guys, in the last segment, we were talking about uh, blinds. And uh, Thomas, you made a, a, a quote that you said uh, it's really nice because, you know, if you see something, you can, you know, have your, your little one with you and pop that blind up in 40 seconds. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at Redbone. I was trying to, uh, I was going to say something, but it's like, you know, Thomas is lucky enough that his kids 
are are all at the age where he's only dealt with pop-up blinds. Right. Where Alex, me, and you, our kids, we had to deal with the blinds where you had to put the poles together real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? we, we didn't even, there you, was no 40 seconds pop-up like these tied weeds are nowadays. I mean, it literally was like a four or five-minute job, and you were hoping you had all your poles by the time you got to where you were going. Well, with my youngest, we couldn't even afford to buy a blind. We, we both hunted out of a ladder stand. I mean that was that was it. Or yeah. we we sat on the ground in front of a great big white oak tree somewhere, and uh, we you know pile us up something in front of us something like that. All right, so uh, uh, Alex, how, how you know we've been using the Wise Eye cameras now for a while, and, and the uh, uh, the twelve volt battery packs. I know you're using those. How are they working out? Yes. Well, I tell you what, all my setups uh, with the Wise Eye cameras, I'm running the solar panel, but I also have my twelve volt JKR outdoors power pack there. And what happens is, cloudy days, your solar panel uh, will let your batteries run down. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have a power pack on hand. And these power packs, they, they come in a utility box, and you've got a positive-negative cable, and it runs into one plug and it plugs into the bottom of your camera. And this will work on most cameras out there. So the JKR Outdoors 12-volt power pack battery will last you anywhere from three to six months wow. without a charge. So you don't ever have to go in there and, and pull an SD card to check your cameras. That's an ultimate deal to save you from molesting your hunting property. Also, they got a new product called the the uh, Hunting Buddy, which is a power pack that you can charge your cell phone off of. Uh, it's got a light on it that you can put inside your blind that you can see with. You can do all kinds of things with it. Uh, plug in the, uh, your laptop. Anything, uh, your iPad, while you're just hunting inside the hunting blind. All right, so Alex, here we are uh, this uh, this weekend, the first weekend in November. Uh, the rifle season comes in next Saturday on the 12th in Missouri, and uh, I believe Arkansas yep. is opening the same weekend. So, uh, you know, what what tactics should people be working on right now, or even the bow hunters are going to be out, you know, this weekend and and in the days leading up to rifle season. I mean, what? Where where do you think the deer are, and, and what tactics are going to work best for them? Well, we all know that a majority of the deer are right now on mass crop, the acorns. If you can find areas that's heavily populated with a cluster of does, that's where I would tell you you need to focus at. If you're not running any trail cameras to tell you what you have on your properties where you're hunting, but you are seeing does, that's what you need to focus on. Uh Deer are starting to come back to food plots a little bit now. Uh, don't rule out food plots, but a majority of the deer are eating acorns. Acorns is where it's at. Would you agree, Thomas? I totally agree, especially being over there with you this past weekend out in the food plots. They're kind of grazing around, but the majority of the deer were in the woods on acorns for sure. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I would say here's a question, though, for you. There's something unusual getting ready to happen here next week that um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are, how it's going to play towards the uh, the deer movement. But we have a lunar eclipse coming, and, you know, that— Yes, we do. We don't get that all the time. And, uh, you know, in past, what experience do you have uh, with lunar eclipse and, and deer movement? Thomas or me? Uh, either one. Being out. Thomas, you go first. That'd be an Alex question because I've never paid any attention, just being honest. <laughs> well, believe it or not, lunar eclipses uh, actually created uh, deer to move. It's crazy. Uh, I've heard of some eclipses, but we've got the full moon coming in, too. So this full moon is going to kick them into full rut. 
I promise you. Uh, you're going to see a lot more movement at night. You're going to see deer start moving all day long, especially if the weather will cool down and trigger some cool fronts in here. When people say weather does not affect the rut, I'm going to disagree with them because deer are a lot like humans. If it's too hot, you don't feel like running around everywhere if you're too hot. But if it's nice and cool, oh, yeah, let's take a walk down to the neighbor's house or you know walk over there instead of you know mm-hmm. but think about that so and also think about food yeah they've been the number one food source they love anchors but you know they gotta get tired of anchors just like you and i get tired of something so that's why it's good to have a variety of food sources like smorgasbord eagle seed food plots so it's good to have water good to have acorns good to have uh, different food sources so yeah, I think you're right, Alex, on, on all those fronts. And by the way, that full moon is coming in on Tuesday, November the 8th. So, yeah, I think you're right. It'll, it'll start. But I also want to point out, uh, I had a friend that harvested a deer this past Monday uh, with a bow. And he called and he said, you're not going to believe what this deer was full of. I said, what is it? He said, persimmons. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Deer, deer was absolutely That's full of persimmons. I thought, right now. We got that big freeze. The guy's persimmon trees. It's a great target. Yeah. I just thought of something. November 8th everybody is election day i want to encourage all of our listeners to get out and vote if you're a conservative or if you are a liberal it's your right to go out and vote but i want to give a big shout out to my buddy uh, mark collins in howe county uh he's a great friend of mine this guy's been a great leader in the howe county community this guy really has a passion for howe county i don't know his opponent i have nothing to say about his opponent but uh, if you can support Mark Collins, please support him and uh, go vote November 8th. But back to persimmons. Persimmons, mm-hmm. if you've got a big persimmon tree, you're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, and if you've got several in a cluster, you're, you're sitting on a on a, a plutonium mine or whatever. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, but he said that deer, I said, well, what about acorns? Do we see any signs of acorns? He said none. It was all persimmons. Wow. Full of persimmons. I've got a persimmon tree I'm looking at right now from the truck. It's absolutely loaded. They're starting to fall and hit the ground. Yeah, and then like you said, after that freeze, you know, they won't be as sour. And the persimmon seeds, you know, they've all got shovels in them. Yes, have you seen that? Oh, I did see that. If a shovel yeah. means something, and then... Yeah, well, if they got a fork, it means a mild winter. Right. Uh, but if they got a shovel, it means a harsh winter with lots of snow. Oh, I'm looking forward to that then. Yep. Yep. Anyway, I don't yep. know what that means anything. I- all right, so what are we going to cover in the bonus segment? We're about done here on the uh, radio portion of the show, Wayne. Yeah, to hear more of this, just because the show's ending, doesn't mean that this is uh, interview is ending. So just head on over to your uh, uh, favorite podcast carrier, type in American Roots Outdoors, click on it, and you're going to catch the bonus segment. And if you missed any of the radio segment, uh, again, you'll hear the radio segment in its entirety, plus the bonus segment. And the bonus segment, we're going to be covering... Uh, mobile blind techniques that uh, Thomas uses with his kids that I think everybody's going to find pretty fascinating. And, mobile blind. Right, and they can add that to their uh, arsenal for uh, getting closer to these does and bucks for these kids. All right, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Thomas is going to teach everybody how to make a portable blind. Uh, and what he's looking for, if you've got a six-by-eight trailer, utility trailer, that's what he's building these blinds on. And you can pull that blind anywhere you want and set it up. That's pretty neat. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Folks, hope you join us every day on this great radio station you're listening to us at right now. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. 
So you never gotta worry What the wind might do American Roots Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady Ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady. Each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly. Simply put, the best. Hornady Ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. Ty presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. If you're listening to this bonus segment, that means you're on your podcast. We appreciate you being a podcast listener. Make sure you leave us a review. Leave your name and the state you're from in the review so we can draw some winners out of there. Um, Thomas, when uh, we left off the radio segment of the show, we were talking about portable blinds. And I know people are in their heads. They, they, as soon as they hear portable blind, they may be thinking like turkey hunting where you have just that blind that sets up right in front of you. and that. But you're taking this portable blind to a whole nother level. Well, when you've got as many kids as I have, <laughs> you've got to keep them comfortable. And so the only way that I have found, because I'll sit all day sometimes, if it's happening and I know I need to be there, I'll pack a backpack full of drinks and snacks, and I will sit there all day long. But if you want the kids to sit there all day long, you better keep them comfortable. So what I've started doing, uh, it's been close to 10 years ago now, I guess, is finding these old utility trailers like you would pull a lawnmower or a four-wheeler on and uh, that need maybe some new tires or some barren work or a new floor in them, something that I could buy real cheap, and I'll bring them home and get them roadworthy again. Don't worry about putting a floor in them, and I'll build a flooring system and put it in it and build, basically it's a little shed or a little house on a trailer. Hmm. And I'll go to all four corners, and I'll buy camper leveling jacks, and I'll weld them to all four corners. That way you can take a a cordless impact or whatever with a three-quarter inch uh, socket on it. And when you get where you're going, you just hit it and level that bad boy up and have a little level shooting house. But I'll insulate the walls. I'll insulate the ceiling in them and everything. And we take these Mr. Heater two-brick ventless heaters, and you can set them in it and run you plumb out of them. The windows, <laughs> a lot of people don't know it, but the windows, Lowe's sells a single-pane vinyl window, and they're a third of the price of a double-pane. And I first started building these, I, I would use plexiglass and build wooden frames and try to build windows. Well, the time and the money I had in them, I couldn't build these windows and sure couldn't build them as efficient as what these 65 or $70 windows is costing at Lowe's. Hmm. So I've started using those, and there's a company here in Mayfield close by. It's called Midco, and they are a door company. They build doors. And so I've got a deal worked out with those guys where I'll take some of their their calls and they cut me a really good discount on actual like portable building doors is what they're actually built for. Mm-hmm. They call them a shorty door. They're only 70 inches tall. And I'll put these doors with a window that operates instead of a nine light window in my shooting house. So we've got like house windows and house doors on it. And uh, so you can get her pretty tight. I mean, you can pretty well shut the doors, shut the windows, and just your body heat will pretty well warm them up inside. But if you do open the windows, you can turn that little ventless heater on and stay 
cozy. I mean, you can, in really cold conditions, you can just wear a hoodie to the blind and be comfortable. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think even taking that to another level for guys that are sitting there thinking right now, ooh, that's a great idea. Uh, we, we've got some, some businesses around here in the Ozarks that sell used windows. And you can buy them for a fifteen perfect. twenty bucks, right? I mean, you, you could have a hundred dollars worth of windows. What I did. I would go around and yeah. I'm a carpenter, so I would go around and I would save windows throughout the year and put them back for this time of year. And I'd build a shooting house and I would frame my walls according to what windows I had. Yeah. And then, but there was a couple years there where I didn't have any windows put back, and so I had to go buy them. So that's where a friend of mine used to work in millwork at. At uh, at Lowe's, and he said, "Hey, come here. Did you realize we sold those?" And I did not hmm. realize that they sold a single pane window, which is way cheaper than a double pane insulated window. Right. And so that's what I have started using since. And you can even go on Marketplace, like on Facebook, and grab yourself a door. I've, I mean, we bought a door for our uh, doghouse. It was it's an outside door, but I paid uh, I want to say twenty five bucks for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's your door for your your shooting house. Hey, out of curiosity, are you uh, painting the inside of your shooting house black? I'm not painting them black because I take scrap carpet throughout the year and I put it back and I line the walls and the floors with carpet to dampen the sound. Okay. That's a good tip. Because them kids can be around bunches, especially if I have to take the little <laughs> ones with me. And so I was actually outside one of my shooting houses the other day and left the two little ones in there and they were beating and banging and if the windows wasn't open, I... I don't think I could have heard them at all. Right, so now and I was probably 20 yards from the blind grabbing something out of the truck, and I thought, well, I guess all that insulation and carpet does work out. Wow. All right, so, Thomas, when, when you build one of these, I mean, I'm going to assume you've got three or four of these on different trailers, or, uh, I mean, do you... I've got three. My goal is to have five, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm poor, and I have to work for my money, so I'll build one a year. <laughs> okay. And I, I rat hole extra materials all year long, and then it's about four gun season. I get them finished up and set them out there. But what's wow. good about the portable blind is, like this, a lot of guys will build fancy shooting houses on stilts, and I mm -hmm. prefer to be up off the ground, too. But the folks that I hunt on have a lot of wide-open property, and they don't want your shooting house in their way when they're planting and spraying and stuff like that. Sure. So with a portable, you can pull it out of the field, park it at home where it's safe. Nobody's going to steal anything or tear up anything. And when the crops are off the field, you just pull it out there and put it on top of a hill on a knoll somewhere where you can see everything you need to see. And as long as it's sitting there a few days before season comes in, they do not pay a bit of attention to it. And I don't care if it's blaze orange. They don't pay any attention to it after they've had a couple of days of seeing it. Yeah, you know, and, if you're, and if you're at a spot where you're not, you're not seeing anything, I guess you could just pull the truck out there or the tractor or four-wheeler, whatever you're pulling it with, hook onto it and pull it somewhere else. Yeah, I've, I've had that happen. Last year, actually, it happened. I'd set it up in a spot where I thought it was going to be prime. And then after the first week of, of rifle season, we wasn't seeing any activity at all. So I went over there in the middle of the day and, and dropped her down on the, on the tires and pulled it to where I was getting pictures on my other cameras and set it up. And one of the boys ended up killing the deer out of it. Unless, uh, little Lincoln killed his buck out of one right behind my house here on my own property. Um, we'd hunted and wasn't having any buck activity, and he'd done killed that doe. And I had, on my wise eye, I was getting pictures of two little bucks in my smorgasbord plot right behind my house every afternoon. And I thought, well, I'm going to take that shooting house that I hadn't got put out yet, and I'm going to park it behind the house. And I put the blind out at 1130. 
and he shot the deer at about three o'clock wow. out of the blind. Wow. Not just out of curiosity. And they come out, they kind of looked at it funny, like, hey, that ain't been there before, and then dropped their heads and went right to eating. Never paid us another bit of attention. Wow. Well, now just out of curiosity, and let's go back to concentrating on, on the kids on this, is do you have anything on the window sills, or do you wait till the window, you put the window up, and then you throw something on the window sill for them to rest their rifle on? Or I, I'm just curious, for people that are thinking about building this, do you have something pre-made already on there, or you you wait till the, the window's open? Wait till the window's open, and I have, uh, I think Allen is the company brand that makes a shooting bag that's like made to hang over your door sill on your pickup truck or over your window. It's kind of got like two saddle bags on both sides, and okay. it's weighted. And that's what I'll throw over the vinyl window. But I have a shelf built inside. Uh, depending on the size of the blind, I try to make about a 10-inch shelf. But some of these trailers that I have them on, they're only 5 by 8 so then it gets kind of tight in there. So I... I rip the 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 shelf down to about eight or ten inches, so it's not taking up as much floor space inside. But you've okay. got enough room to throw a shooting bag on that right there. And I keep shooting bags in each one of the shooting houses. They've all got their own shooting bags, a pair of binoculars, a grunt call, and a rattle bag in each one of them. So wherever you decide to go that day to hunt, you don't have to grab all your stuff. You just go get in it. It's set up and ready to go. That's fantastic. I can see him in there with built-in gun cases. And, you know, I mean, he's just a little portable refrigerator, yeah, you know. Mini fridge and some, some ham and cheese. You, if you figure a way to put satellite on there, every guy in the world is going to own one of those so he can be out there Sunday watching the game and watching the deer at the same time. Uh, hey, Thomas, you thanks. You laugh, but I built an 8 by 8 stationary last year, and it's Fully, I spray foam the floor, spray foam the walls, but sailors in the attic of it, and I've got it completely lined with carpet, and I've got windows all the way around it. I've rigged me a urinal in the corner of it, a pipe that goes down into the ground. It's a five-gallon bucket full of charcoal that's buried about two foot below the surface with weep holes in the bottom into a gravel backfill, so you don't have to open the door and go outside for anything. You take a little bit of bottled water and kind of do a little rinse around the rim there, but uh, I had talked about putting a solar panel on the roof of it and rigging up 12 volt system in it that way you don't have to leave it at all you can charge your phone rig tv and everything right absolutely hi wayne that's it yep so hey thomas thanks a lot for sharing that i mean if we can keep going for another couple shows here on, on dealing with kids and you know you got your seven that uh and then, of course i had my eight that you know of course hunting 38 years ago with the kids was a little different than you are now but um i'm starting to get a little jealous that i had never thought of doing a portable blind like that <laughs> but uh, everybody you've been listening to american roots outdoors with alex rutledge and friends we appreciate you taking the time listening to us again leave us a review name and state you're from so we can get you in a drawing and like we say here at american roots when your roots run deep and strong there's no reason to fear the wind <laughs> 